I've been told by everybody up on this roof that they're all off the roof. I am on the roof of Exposure 4. Got fire through the roof of the fire building in the entire rear section. Welcome back to Old School. I'm Chief Rick Lasky, along with my best buddy, Chief John Salka. And we've got another great topic for you today, uh, very uh, close and, and, and dear to our hearts. And that, that's the, the volunteer fire service. Uh, uh, you know, uh, John, as I always say, where it all started, man, Ben Franklin, way back when, um, you know, coming up, with, uh, uh, <laughs> coming up with the need. Um, uh, but, but John, there, I mean, there's a lot of challenges, you know, this, you're, you're, you're the chief of your volley department. Again, um, you've been, you've been volunteering for over 40 years. I've been doing it a long time. Uh, we had some great volunteer departments here in Texas. Uh, you know, right, right here, right next to me, there's, there's some, there's some great ones. Uh, but, um, uh, the challenges, I guess, of volunteering, especially today, well, you know, when, when people, when my old man first started volunteering in the, in the fifties and sixties, you know, uh, you, you know, you made your calls and most fire departments did fire inspections. Uh, they may have done what they called inhalator calls, first aid calls, but we weren't big into the ambulances. Paramedicine wasn't around back then. And uh, I think training topics were a little bit easier to knock out. Now, John, and you being the chief of your volunteer department, they're, they're, I mean, golly, the challenges nowadays when it comes to training your volunteers, especially with time, you know, to competing demands, uh, uh, you know, uh, w w jobs. It's not like the old days where you could, you know, John's hardware store didn't care that you ran out the door when the siren blew and it, you know, we missed you. It's a lot different now uh, when it comes to, to recruitment and retention. I guess that's the first thing, John, talk about, cause you're, you're doing this. Talk about the challenges of recruiting um, and retaining uh, volunteer firefighters. We're talking about their title, you know, topic, the volunteer fire department, but Probably one of the biggest topics right now, not, not topics, let's call it one of the biggest issues right now, because although it's not talked about all the time, it's always looming there in the background, uh, certainly nationally, definitely in New York State, um, you know, the, the ranks of the volunteer fire service have been dwindling over the years, um, you know, I, I, I don't know what the, the numbers are, but, it, but it's substantial, substantially less people volunteering today than used to. Even in my own volunteer department, we're missing like a couple of whole decades in the middle. We get a couple of bunch of guys in their 20s and a bunch of guys in their 40s and 50s. We get hardly any guys in their 30s and late 30s and early 40s. Um, I mean, that's just us. What it is 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 uh, the volunteer fire service really just a snapshot of society, you know. And 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 society is getting much more complex and and busier. And you know, economically, a lot of people are working you know, longer hours in their job or two jobs or, or some people are working their job and then consciously decided to spend more time at home with the families and, and things of that nature. Single moms, single dads uh, that don't have free time, even married couples that, that don't have free time, mom or dad to, to volunteer. Um, 
I mean, you could probably list on, on a blackboard, uh, you know, 10 issues, 10 items, 10 reasons that, that just the numbers of people that are volunteering are less. And then, and then of course, what does that cause? What are the negative impacts of that on, on the volunteer fire service, on the volunteer fire department in any particular town, on the health of the community? I mean, it, 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 it affects so many other people. It spider webs out to a lot of, to a lot of other people. Um, and it, it's, and it's a legitimate, it's a legitimate concern. Not that there's nobody working on it because there are New York state, the, the FASNI Farmers Association of the state of New York there every year, they have a theme that they try and promote and they try it's and a have great organization. Attention, certain weekend where people have open houses and stuff. And, and it's effective. I don't know how effective, but it's a constant chore. Yeah, really. Well, and, and that's a great organization because recruiting and retaining, I guess, is, is one of our biggest issues when it comes to volunteerism today. Um, you know, it's, it's always, you know, it, it's always been a challenge, but even more so now because the demands, uh, of the fire service nowadays are, are like I said, they're not what they are in the old days, the, the old days, God, I'm, I'm telling you, it, it was so much easier to volunteer at your local volunteer fire department because they blew the whistle or set off the tones, the old plectrons when those came around, you know, later on when there was a fire call of some type or whatever. Nowadays, the, the, the demands for the fire department throughout the community and everything we've done, um, you know, the, the, the training requirements, um, all those things along there. I mean, things have dramatically changed uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, uh, keeping people involved. And I guess, you know, and a couple of people shot us some questions. Um, uh, so let, let, me, let, me, let me make one comment if we get any further. The one thing you said is incorrect. It, it is and it has always been. No, it hasn't always been. When I joined the Mineola Fire Department in 1976, I had to wait online. I had to wait for an opening. Oh, that's true. It, it was three companies in the department, two engine companies and a truck company. Each one stood on their own. They had their own offices, their own company room, their own apparatus. Everybody ran their own company, even though it was all three companies in one department. And there was 50 members, 50 slots assigned for each company. And most of the time, those slots were full. When I joined, the slots were full. And it was like, okay, when there's an opening, we'll, uh, we're going to take in a couple of new members. And, and, it, and it wasn't like there was openings all the time. It wasn't like people moving in and moving out. A lot of guys were in a fire department for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. And they die or they move away or they whatever. But um, now it is dramatically different now. Now nobody has, I mean, there might be still limits somewhere written on a bylaw, but I don't think anybody's got a full roster anywhere or certainly a satisfactory roster. So it is an issue. It is more of a modern issue than, a, than an old issue. Well, that, that's kind of where I was going with it was the competing demands is, you know, I, I, I growing up in the Chicago area, Chicago and Chicago area, there were some departments, John, like you said, that they reached their limit. This is what they were allowed to have on their roster for their village, their city, their town. Um, and there were a lot of other departments that would, there was just this constant revolving door. People want to get involved. They want to help their community. And then they get in there and they, and they fall in love with it or something happens and they, you know, they move to another community or job relocation um, or John, sometimes they get in there and they realize, Holy cow, there's a lot more to this than what I've seen on TV. Uh, the, the, the demands of my time, you know, I guess that's the biggest thing. The biggest challenge right now uh, for volunteer fire chiefs, right. Is, is the, the competing demands for people's time that, you know, everybody, a lot more kids are involved with, extracurricular activities and there's, there's, you got a part-time job. I mean, it's not like, 
you worked your day job, you came home at the end of the day and you, you, you waited for the, the siren to blow or if you worked nights. There's so I mean, many different competing demands now. With, training with, dovetails with what you're talking about. Training really uh, equates to, to time. You know, and, and you join the volunteer fire department, you got to get five out of one or some equivalent. I mean, here where I live in New York State and Orange County, to me, it seems like every five years they're changing it to something new, a new different title. It used to be Essentials, then it was Five Out of One for many years. I don't know if it still is Five Out of One around the country, but in New York, they just changed it to something else again. I'm not quite sure why there are different standards in different places. You think something as simple as, not as simple, but as basic as firefighting, you think they would develop a, a national standard that everybody followed and, and you couldn't have something else. But anyway, it all does relate to time. We're talking probably hundreds of hours of training to be, you know, for firefighter one young guy joins the fire department. He's in college or a young man with a family and a job joins. He's going to work Monday to Friday, coming home at night weekends. He's got family parties and births and graduations and, and, and Martha's, you know, graduate, whatever it is. It's suddenly it's hard. We're, we're facing that issue right now in my volunteer fire department because um, the officers, now these are self-imposed. These are self-imposed regulations, but we imposed, training um, standards for lieutenants and captains and, and chiefs. So if you want to be an engine lieutenant, you had to have like basic firefighter, you had to have fire officer one, and then you had to have engine company operations. For truck officer, it was similar, but truck off, truck company operations. And, and then as you went to captain, you had to have maybe the incident command system or something. So I, I can't recite them to you because I got to look them up. But it, it was a growing list of stuff. And sometimes you end up with a couple of people that are great candidates that are interested in doing it, but they're, they're a, a class or two short on what they actually need. And sometimes it's, it's hard to, to, to get people to go to a 15 night class, you know? Well, John, so, so I guess one of the questions I want to throw out here, and this is actually from one of our listeners, George Vauder, I believe that's how you say V-A-U-T-E-R. George posed a couple of questions on this very topic to us a while back. And we're, we're George, thanks for hanging in there with us till we, till we could get this one done. Um, uh, but one of the questions he had, John, was, you know, uh, suggestions as you're talking about this now, so I want to throw us with to improve volunteer recruitment and retention. And it, it's, I don't think you could just put the blinking sign in front of the firehouse nowadays. I think that, you know, just saying volunteers needed or looking to expand or, you know what I'm saying? I, I mean, I think you got to be a lot more aggressive. You got to go out and you got to meet with people. Uh, here's, here's one of the ideas, John, before I, before I throw this one to you that I've said plenty of times in class before I think a, a lot of volunteer chiefs, I, I guess this is a key. If you've got a roster of 20 people, 50 people, 40 people, whatever it is, okay? I've said this for years. Go to two or three, if your department's big enough, four or five of your go-to guys and gals. You know, you know the ones that are, every time you drive by, they're there, they're into it, they make the calls all the time, and so on and so forth. Go to, go to, go to firefighter John Salk and say, John, look, you're here all the time. I love your attitude. Tell you what. Go, go find me one more like you. I'm not, I'm not looking for you to go out there and stand at the school and hand applications, whether it's your brother, brother-in-law, um, neighbor, someone from church, from work. Find me one more. Find me one more John Salka. Find me one more, you know, Tom Merrill. Find, you, know, you know what I'm saying? If, and imagine if, if just five guys did that. Five guys, five new guys is a big, a well, big bump. Exactly, because recruitment and retention of volunteer fire services is, is a big time. God, a horrific challenge nowadays. But just if, if, if your go-to people were able to locate and go out and put their arms around more go-to people, go, look, 
dude, you, 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 come on, this is what we do. And all of a sudden now, if, if they, if they brought in, you know, let's say if, if, if your four or five go-to people, if only two of them, I'll just go low. If only two of them brought in two more like them, that's two more, you know what I'm saying? And, and right. If you do that every year for five years, that's 10 new guys. If you just did two guys a year, you know, find people in, they had the similarities and, you know, strike up the conversation and, you know, because I, I always said a lot of the citizen fire academies, Johns, were great ways to recruit volunteers because you you put a bunch of people through the citizens fire academy and they go through all that. When it's time to graduate, you, you hand them an application. You go, do you ever think about volunteering? Well, look, all right, you, you did six weeks or ten weeks or whatever it is to go through a citizens fire academy. Let me explain what it takes to be a volunteer firefighter. You know, and all of a sudden they go, well, all right. So, and, and and they see that there's so many so many similarities that they go, you know what? I'm up for that. I've already done this for six eight weeks. I I found a passion for it, and boom. And let me add something to what you just said because I had this thought and 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 I've I've been wrestling with it and 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 talking about it, and but I've never actually done it yet. We've just been, you know, listen, things just get put ahead of other things. So what I did was I took that same idea that you had. And rather than just telling a couple of guys, rather than just calling a couple of guys in the office, say, hey, Billy and Tommy and Will and Kenny, come here. Listen, each one of you guys, we really need some more members. Each one of you go out and do just what you just said, right? Go out and find a guy, drag him in, your neighbor, your buddy, your school. So I said, I'm going to make up a card. And I did. I, I, I didn't print them yet, but I designed a card. And the card has the fire department emblem on it. And 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 I, I don't have the exact wording here in front of me. But, like a but post, I like a postcard? Of, Huh? Like a, a postcard, a hard yeah. postcard, right? And yeah. and it said something even effective. You know, a blank bill. You write the name in. Bill, you have been selected by you know a member of the fire department to be to be uh, to be invited to come down and explore the possibility of you joining the Sapling Grove Fire Department. Uh, just to tell you a little bit about it, we have a weekly drill. This we we free training. We'll train you on a whole bunch of different things, including hard extrication, fighting fires, extinguisher use you know, air pack usage, stuff like that. We also have uh, family events. We have a, a, a picnic in the summertime. We have several Christmas parties for the kids. We participate in parades locally. We're community-minded. In addition, here in New York State, we have the LOSAP Awards, which I'll talk more about as a separate issue here in a minute. But, you know, pl please come down to the firehouse on any night that you want. Contact, and then you put the guy's name, Bill Bradley. Who gave us your name? Contact Bill Bradley at this number, and he'd be happy to accompany you down to the firehouse on a Wednesday night and introduce you to some of the folks and show you what we have. You hand this card to the guy. Hey, Billy, how you doing? Hey, John, what's up? Listen, I've been thinking about it for a while. we got a program going at the firehouse now. Here's a little invitation for you. It's my, it's from me to you. Read this over. Talk about it with your wife. Talk about it with your mom and dad. And they got this card now. They put it on the refrigerator. They put it on their dashboard. They hold on to it. It's got your name and number on it. It's an invitation to come to the fire department rather than a recruitment. And I'll tell you what, we are going to do it. I just haven't done it yet, but we're going to do it. And I think it's a great sort of just a twist on that recruitment thing. You know, what a great idea. And again, the, I think John, exactly the days of waiting for him to show up at the firehouse. What do you want to do today? John? I don't know. I was thinking about joining my volunteer fire department. There are some that do that, but you know, that's why I think, Open houses once a year for fire prevention, you know, during fire prevention month is important. You know, being out there in, in the public, being out there, you know, showing yourself. Having, I think, you know what, having those contact cards, having a card, have them on the dashboard of the rig or in the glove compartment that you can carry when you're, when you're out and about and you're, you're at a call even. And you see someone that was watching or really interested or asking questions. Hi. Hey, Hi. think about volunteering. Well, hang on, here, here's a card. 
this is right. how you do it. Or, or you yeah, know, what? Put my name on it, my phone number. Call, give me a call. Yeah, I'll, I'll this guy's got this card when you drive away. You know? How about this? How about this? I'll set up a time for you to stop by the firehouse. Uh, tell you what, come on down, and uh, you can bring your kids or not, but come on down and, and let me show you around. Let me show you what we do and explain how we it's do great, it. It's a great idea. It's a, you got you got to go out and, like I said, actually recruit them. Putting signs up and stuff might get somebody to stop in, but might not. If you go out and actually say, come on, hey, come on, I'm inviting you. Come on down. It might work. Oh, I, exactly. And, and that, again, it, I think you, the days of just waiting for the knock on the door and say, yeah, I think, I've been thinking about being a volunteer firefighter are, are, are slim or none. We've got to be a lot more aggressive in getting out there and finding people. Now, I don't know what other states have it, but New York State has it, and I know other states have it. We call it the LOSAP. Length of Service Award Program, LOSAP, L-O-S-A-P, the LOSAP program. It's really length of service. And if you really want to simplify it, guys, call it the pension. It's a, it's a pension for volunteer firefighters. So even though you're a volunteer, even though you don't earn a penny, and I know some places, some ambulance corps give um, members like a quarterly check for gas and, and wear and tear on their vehicle and stuff like that. We don't get that in the volunteer fire service. We get absolutely nothing. Obviously, you get a couple of picnics a year and a party and a Christmas party and stuff like that. But for the most part, there's no personal, there's no personal money exchanging hands. You're not making any money. There's no, there's no monetary benefit. But, but getting back to LOSAP, New York State did this. Oh, gosh, it's got to be, I don't know if it's 20 years ago, but it's quite a while ago. And other states have it as well. So it's a LOSAP program. And I was really what it is, it's, it's an investment. It's an investment program. So you have the ABC fire department has 20 members. Here's the rules. Everybody's, everybody's part of the program, the fire district or the village or whoever pays the bill there, right? Whoever has the taxes, right? They, they, they run a program. They contact these approved companies. They're these approved, let's call them investment companies. So you said we have 20 members, every member that satisfies their activity level, which means you make 50 points a year. 50 points a year might be 25 runs, 10 company meetings, two parades, and, and three, you know, spaghetti dinners, right? You make your 50 points for the year. Your name goes in, and they pay money into your account. And the other 20 guys, all of them made it that year. The district pays a certain amount of money into this program in each person's name. You miss one year, you're busy, you're traveling, you're whatever, you don't make it. But each year, then when you turn 62 – However many years you have invested, however many years you, you achieved the proper rank, the proper number of activity, proper level of activity that they paid in, you get $20 back per month for the rest of your life per year that you successfully completed. So if a guy joins when he's 18 and when he's 38 years old, he's got 20 years and obviously 38 years old, he can't retire. Got to wait till he's 62. Let's say a guy has 20 years when he gets to 62. So it's 20. 20 times 10 is 200 times 20 is 400. That guy would collect $400 a month for the rest of his life. Doesn't even have to be in the fire department anymore. He can move away. He can stay active if he wants, or he can retire, or he can move, or whatever. He's, he's, he's qualified. He's almost like vested, like a, real, like a real pay, like a real union. But the point is, if you stay 30 years, it's even more. If you stay 40 years, it's even more. So if you get some young guys involved, or even not so young guys, if the guy even just does 20 years, if he's in his 40s, if he's 42 and he joins and he stays to 62, he's collecting 400 bucks a month. Now, each department and each district, they vary those numbers a little bit. It could be a little bit more or a little bit less. But I thought that was a fantastic idea that they had. And I must tell you, my volunteer fire department, that brought a couple of guys back that had been active and sort of faded away. Boop, they were back. Boop, I'm ready to go back active again. 
and they've been active ever since. They get 20, 25 years under their belt, and these guys are going to earn some money. So it's really not an instantaneous thing. You get no immediate payments. You still got to wait till you're 62. But you know what? It, it, it works, and it's a, it's a low sap retirement plan. I think it's a great idea. Well, and there's so many there's so many great ideas out there, John, when it comes to recruiting, recruitment, and retaining firefighters in the volunteer fire service. And one of the organizations I don't want to blow past here uh, that is incredible. I, I talk, I, I go. It's the IFF to the career guys. It's the I Chiefs to the Chiefs. All the different organizations. I know I'm missing a bunch out there, but it's the National Volunteer Fire Council. The National Volunteer Fire Council. For our listeners, their website is is NVFC. Dot org national volunteer fire council.org what a great website what a great support system for volunteer firefighters both ems and fire uh, with great ideas on recruitment and retaining they've got a whole slew of ideas and suggestions um, on, on how to recruit your people how to retain your people um, you know programs um, you know they, they they have grants they have all kinds of things that they do to help people recruit volunteer firefighters but john i guess that's my thing is 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 it, it, it talk briefly being a volunteer fire chief the training needs i mean nowadays oh my god to, to be a firefighter and run ems and hazmat and uh technical rescue and i mean we're the jack of all trades they call us for everything you know how do you choose those topics as a chief how do your people your staff you know the the, the volunteers are charged i mean i know what it was like all the years still volunteering as to God, I only have so many nights a month, so many nights a year. How do you prioritize those topics? Yeah, it's hard. Obviously folks that are doing flyer rescue and EMS have to share three different elements, right? Which is us, my volunteer fire department does EMS. We do, you know, rescue extrication and we do flyers. So we do, we run the gamut. We try, and we try to do that each month. Like one of the meeting nights, one of the Wednesday nights is a meeting night. And the other three pretty much are, you know, fire, rescue, EMS each night. And whether it's packing people in a Stokes basket or whether it's using a defibrillator and all that stuff, um, it is difficult. It's difficult to coordinate training. There's some good books out there. There's, some, there's tremendous stuff online as well. Um, and then there's mandates as well. Like New York State has sexual harassment. Got to do your sexual harassment every single year. It's computerized. It's about a 35 or 40 minute sit down at the computer screen and you get it done. And it's educational. They teach you some stuff. They probably save you some trouble. They show you some stuff that you might even think was no big deal. That, that is a big deal and you shouldn't do. But the point is, that's just one more training requirement that, that's added on top of these folks that are working for free, probably probably given a couple of hundred hours a year or more and, and not, not, being, not being monetarily taken care of at all. So that's the hard part. The hard part is maintaining and, and enforcing and and getting people to participate in the training because now you got guys that don't come for any training, then they want to drive the rig or, or have the nozzle for the next fire. And you're like, you know what? You're hardly coming around. So you end up having to use that as leverage a little bit and say, listen, you keep coming around. Come to every other drill if you can. I know you work in evenings, but some guys are here every single Wednesday night. That's going to be the guy that jumps in the rig and drives it. That's going to be the guy that's qualified to, to, to run the defibrillator. And if you're not around for four or five weeks in a row, that doesn't do us any good and it doesn't you do any good. You know, so that that's another it's not a negative training's important but it's hard to it's hard to live up to the training you know well that's that that's that uh tightrope that you walk at right as a volunteer chief as to how far i've always said how far can you push them till pushing is it's that whole you're pushing the blocks pushing the blocks and and you don't you know it, it, right to the edge how far 
you go. And again, someone who's not there is not there. They're not doing any good. You know what I'm saying? But and that, at, and that, that last point that you just made is the most important because you and I have had this discussion with a lot of people live out on a deck or out in the apparatus floor while we're doing a seminar or at a conference. And the guy says, oh, I got this guy. He's got like 15 years. He was a good guy. He used to be very active. Now he rarely comes around for drill, if ever, once in a while. He makes a company meeting once in a while. He's never a drill. He's still got his gear. He's still got 15 years. He still shows up once in a while. He said, but I can't get him to go to any drills. And I, and I always had the easy answer for that one. This is disturbing me. You know what I'm saying? I used to tell him, guess what? Turn your gear in. I'm not throwing you out, but turn your gear in. You haven't been to a drill in so long. I don't even know what you know or what you don't know. I know you got experience. And I know you've been around for a while. But you're not doing me any good. You're not setting a good example for all these new young guys. This guy's here you don't even know, and they've been here for six months because you haven't been to a drill. Just turn your gear in. Turn your radios in. You know, you're not going anyway, so why do you need the gear? Just, we'll hold it for you. When you want to get active again, by all means, let me know. I'm not taking any any action on paperwork. We're not signing anything. We're not suspending you. Nothing. Just turn your gear in. Turn your radios in. When you're ready to get active again and be a contributor, I got your stuff in a, in a box in my office, in the chief's office. And I'll, and I'll deliver it back to you myself if you want to get active again. Well, and, you know and sometimes that'll, that'll lure a guy back, not having his gear, not having his radio, you know? And, and again, you know, it's that tightrope you walk because you don't, want to, you don't want to push people out the door, but at the same time, they have to, there has to be something from their end too. Like you said, you can't, can't just take a gear, you know, gear racks, but you know, you got, especially if you're waiting, if you've got a waiting list, which is rare, but it does happen, a, a waiting list for some departments where they, Look, our roster is 25 people. It's all we can do. You know, that's all where the village will let us do is 25 people. And you've got some people, you go there, there's cobwebs across their coats. And you're like, you know, I mean, it's a hard decision a lot of places, you know, to balance that who's active, who's not. You know, I remember I, Freddie Ayano, I, I think I told you this, when, when, I, when I was in justice, my, my front door diagonally, I could see the, the, the side of the firehouse. I could actually run through my front yard across the street through another yard and be at the firehouse. But I wanted to drive my car because I had a blue light. I wanted to turn my blue light on, right? So I, I remember I, at 1.30 in the morning, I could be up. I could be up watching TV or just getting off work for the police department. They set the tones off. I could run out the door, run, get, jump in my car, pull out the driveway, drive one house down, turn left into the firehouse parking lot, and Freddie Ayano is walking in the firehouse already. I don't know how, I don't know if he slept in the parking lot in his car. I don't know what he did. He had 25 years there. And I, I'm like, how the hell is this guy? He's always, you know, and, it, and it, John, it was for the gas leak call at two in the morning or for the odor of something. It wasn't even for the structure fire. You know, it was, and, and those were the guys I look up to now go, you know, God, they were, they were, they were self-motivators. They were the ones that led by example. You know, so balancing the call requirements, especially nowadays, is hard and finding people. And, you know, people have said, oh, the volunteer fire service is going away. I, I tend to disagree with that. I think recruitment and retention has always been a challenge, especially nowadays with people with competing demands as families. But I think you've got to be, like we start off saying, John, a lot more creative as to how you, how you keep people. You know, I think, how about this? giving people assignments, you know, get, getting your volunteers more involved, handing off, you know, handing some of the keys to the kingdom out. Say, okay, John, you know, you've been with us for three years. Look, I want you to take all small tools. You want, you know, really? Yeah. I want you, you're in charge of all of our small tools. And I'm, you know, this is the budget. You and I will talk every year. Maybe we're going to get two more Halligans, you know, and all, you know, you're right. You're all of a sudden now you're divvying up responsibility, which is a great motivator. 
to get guys and gals involved with your department and put somebody in charge of uniform, you know, just in some places there's the control freaks and some of it's just, look, if I don't get this done, it's not going to get done. I understand that. But, but man, how about that? Right. Give it up, get fired up those young guys and gals and giving them some, giving them some ownership. Right. That always works. That always works when you give somebody a little project or a little job or a little area responsibility, a little book. Listen, you got the book. Here's the tool book. Here's the SCBA book. And I, and I did that. I did it for the officers when I took over as chief the second time. And I actually did it the first time as well. And it worked well. Um, so each officer, in addition to being an officer, an engine, or the officer of the truck, and having an apparatus, they each have their own apparatus that they're responsible for, right? I also gave one guy dress uniforms, gloves, shirts, hats, everything, right? I gave the other guy turnout gear. I gave the other guy tools and equipment. I gave the other guy uh, the Scott air bottles, the Scotts, the tanks, and, and the pressure, the, uh, the generator, the air filling uh, generator. So everybody had an administrative function on top of their fire function as well. So anytime the generator goes out, up. Uh, I think we got some problem with the, with the compressor. Call Kenny. Kenny's the compressor guy. He's the lieutenant in charge of the compressor. He's got the guy's number to call. He's down there to make a letter get in, or he sends a message out. Somebody open a firehouse. The compressor guy's coming today, and it works wonderful. And you can do the same thing with firefighters, with young firefighters that are not officers. You can start to break them in. Right. I want you guys to be responsible for the washing and the waxing. You got the compartment, you know, with all the stuff for the rigs to be washed and waxed. I want you to be in charge of whatever it is, you can, you can, you can add little responsibilities to other guys. Well, and, and it, I did that on the career side and I saw great, great results with that. We're just saying, you've got ladders. You've got like Gary Apple, you've got ladders. You, so you got extinguishers, you have all small, you have all motorized tools. You have every chainsaw, you know, and, and giving up some of the things, right? Give it, empowering people goes a long way. Um, and, and you get to see who some of your future officers are going to be. When it, when it comes to that, you know what I'm saying? The well, other thing, guys you jump in with both feet and all of a sudden, they, hey, Cap, hey, Chief, look, I typed up a list of all, of all the ladders, what year they were, their identification number, and the length on them, and what apparatus they're on. That way we can keep track. You're like, wow, I didn't even think about that, you know? And another guy's like, okay, uh, there's really not much to do with these cylinders. What do you want me to do? You know, some guys are not as enthusiastic, and maybe maybe that's just how they are. And then you get to see the guys that are really shining. Well, we mentioned that there's a great resource for a lot of volunteer fire departments. Tom Merrill, who who does the you know, the column and has the site, the Professional Volunteer Fire Department. Tom is a great resource. You know, I've told people around here. Ryan Fetzer is the chief of Wichita West uh, Volunteer Fire Department, right, right, in Texas, and and another great volunteer fire department with some great people there. Um, he, he's another one who gets it, who's into it. Um, you know, those, I mean, talk about training, talk about getting your people doing that, call requirements and so on and so forth. Um, you know, the whole, you know, getting the leadership training uh, where it needs to be. But in some cases, John, some places have actually, you know, over the years you've seen evolve to where they they went combination or they, they went paid on call versus volunteer where, you know, some, some volunteers get absolutely nothing. And they went, all right, let's go with paid on call. We're going to throw a stipend. We can't afford in our village to have a career department. It's just not going to happen. We don't have the finances here. It's a small town, but we're able to throw a little bit of money per call as a little enticement. They get it at the end of the year or monthly or whatever. In some places, New, York, New York state, you can't do that. Illegal in New York state. You're not allowed. It would, it would, it would um, uh, risk their, their, their coverage as well. They're fine for, you know, medical coverage and stuff like that. But you know what? I know a couple of places did, and I know they do it all over the country. They hire housemen, they call them, right? So you get the volunteer fire department, a small little community, a couple of thousand people. You got 40 members. You got, you know, three apparatus in one station, 250 calls a year, 300 calls a year, whatever it is. But 
the numbers are plummeting and they can't get guys to hang around and guys are having to leave town, a big factory closed, guys are leaving town to go to work elsewhere and they only come back at night. Guess what they do? They take two of these young guys, 21, 25, they hire them. They hire them $15 an hour, maybe full-time, maybe not full-time, maybe less than full-time so they don't have to pay benefits and stuff. So they get these both of these guys working 35 hours a week, $15 an hour, and they, and they work just days, 8 in the morning till 4 in the afternoon. Clean the firehouse, wax the floors, clean the kitchen, the sinks, toilet bowls, every day, upstairs, vacuum in the company room, wipe the bar down, whatever it is, you know? A run comes in, rip, you got two rigs started up, <clears throat> pulled right outside. Because the district or the village or whoever hires them, the company, allows them to go on runs like the old hardware store used to do right, and like right, the right. Right. used to do. So they say, yeah, you guys work in the district as, you know, you're a maintenance man for a firehouse, but if we get a run, we're going to allow you to go. You turn back into a volunteer firefighter. They start the rigs up, they pull out, or they both get into one rig and they wait for one or two more guys to go, boom, they're out the door. Now you got practically a combination department, but they're not career guys. They don't have to join a union. They don't have to take the career training. I'm not trying to subvert that, but for small departments, and I know a lot of places that have done that over the years, they hire guys, you know, and or how about the places that bunk? They, they let kids come in and bunk in the firehouse. Some colleges do that, but some ordinary villages do that. And they say, you know what? We're allowing four people to come in. We have four bedrooms. We have a dining room and a kitchen upstairs and a living room. And, and if you qualify and you behave, you can live here full time. You have to make a certain amount of runs after night, after midnight and stuff. And the, you know, you can't have parties in here all the time. I know a place, Geneva, New York, Geneva, New York, upstate. They, get, they got bunkers and these guys live in a firehouse and they make the runs when they're, when they're working at night. And I'll tell you what, the rigs roll right out the door. And they're not paying them nothing. They just they just provide four living rooms, four bedrooms that people live in, you know? Well, we were just at the we were just at the one place where we went and had uh, you know, coffee at, at the firehouse afterwards with the chief and they had all these guys, residents that run that's where they live. You know, that's where they live. They make calls. Um, you know, they they're they're you know, they're not required twenty four hours a day while they're living there, but they have to do certain time periods that are theirs and they live there rent free. And it helps Absolutely. a lot of them when they go to school. Some stay afterwards. Some are already graduated from college and everything else. I guess the creativity is 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 the thing. I guess we're looking at here is, you know, there, there's in, in Maryland. You know, I, I told you about the one department. They pay for your, you know, your kids' childcare if you, you know, to make runs as you're on your way. There's a daycare place right next to the firehouse, a place which where your kids can be. The other one was how about this one, John? Um, uh, in, in Maryland, paying for your college. And I thought this was interesting. Remember, we, I was there, I'm like, holy cow, you know, how do you, uh, where do all these volunteers come from? He goes, well, they're, they're, they're in a college program. I said, what do you, are they college kids? Well, no. You know, I work for the Senate Capitol Police, and I've gotten everything from my bachelor's to my master's degree paid for by the volunteer fire department. I'm like, what? He goes, look, he says, uh, it's, it's cheaper for me, you know, they get with the incentives to help me pay for my school. They'll pay for my books my classes. They're not paying for you to go away, but I have to do so many days and so many nights in the firehouse. I'm like, he showed me all their bunk rooms were filled, you know, their rooms, all their, all their stuff. They have people. And he says, I said, well, do they just come and go? He goes, no. He goes, you have to be here. You have to make so many calls and you have to work so much of a time frame. But while you're going to school, we're paying for, her. and I'm like, and I'm like, so what do you guys, I asked about the budget. And to be honest, John, the budget, it wasn't like, it wasn't like, like stupid amount of money. In one place, I think he goes, we hit like a couple hundred thousand dollars this one year, but he goes, usually it's about a hundred or so. He goes, but look what we got. We've got people fall over each other in the firehouse. 
taking care of the firehouse, you know, working shifts, we're paying for their, for their tuition and their books, they're getting an education, and what a great idea. And, and the same group in New York State does it, FASNI, Farmers Association State of New York, they have a college program, you apply to them, and you, you know, you enroll in the college, and you have your, your, you know, your, your documentation, and they, they pay your tuition and your books for you, and you, you stay in your local volunteer fire department. That, your department doesn't even pay for that. The Farmers Association of the State of New York, which is a big organization, they got a lot of bread, they pay for your college. You got to apply for it. You you know, you got to go to jump through some hoops to get it, but it's available to you. Well, exactly. And I thought, I thought, what a great idea. You know, we're trying to promote higher education as we are all the time. You know, I'm going to get my my tuition and my books paid for, and you're, so you're telling me I have to come here a couple days a week, sleep in a couple days. You know, I mean, what what a great what a great if you can pull it off, right. what a great program. And this isn't a way to circumvent having career firefighters, John, there, there are, there are cities out there that will never ever be able to have, you know, look, we both have served as both. They're never going to be able to afford a career fire department. It's just not, right. it's, it, it's a little village. It's a little, they, they barely have enough for a couple cops on the street, you know, maybe one or two cops on the street at per shift, let alone, you know, so, so, you know, volunteerism, I mean, you know, the, the future of it, I think, is there. Is it, is, it, is it getting more challenging or is it, yes, it's always challenging with competing demands. Like we said, there's more activities for your kids to be involved in, for you to be involved in. There's more requirements uh, for the volunteer firefighter in the way of different certifications and training and things like that. That's why the leadership now, it's so much more, golly, to have good bosses, good people in there running the volunteer fire departments and know how to keep their volunteers motivated, right? And I remember you talk about that chief that said he put he put the Xbox in the firehouse and and and, oh. and the things that some of these young kids are into that I wouldn't even have had to turn on wouldn't attract me at all. But this newer generation has some stuff that you put an Xbox in there. These kids are being there; they're volunteers already. But now they're hanging around all Friday night till midnight, one o'clock in the morning, Saturday morning, morning. They're back. You know, I, I remember Jerry Duffield. I asked him, I said, "How do you keep your people?" He goes, "I put Xbox in the firehouse." I said, "What?" He goes. I, put, I said, what? we all complain and bitch about Xbox being in a firehouse. That's all I do is play Xbox or whatever it is, whatever video games. Right, right. He goes, we actually have a list on the board. You have to sign up for times. And he goes, like a I magnet. Know, it's a magnet. Yeah, three or four in the morning. I'm like, you know, so be, like we said, being creative on how you, how you recruit your volunteers and keep them active. You know, the training topics, you know, it, it just can't be all book this, book that. You got to have some fun, man. They got to put their gear on. They got to go out and cut cars apart and throw water and have your ventilation props and all that stuff and everything That's else. Social stuff. And we list that. We, we, we advertise that. You know what? We have a Christmas party. We have a, we have a company picnic in the summertime. We used to have a drill team. We go to a couple of competitions. Uh, we take part in the Washville Firefighters Parade every year. You know, guys, guys enjoy that too. There's nothing wrong. You, you can even advertise that. We have, some, we have a social gathering as well, you know? Well, again, keeping the, the drill topics exciting. Um, you know, there's some stuff that's not going to be as exciting as others, but making sure that everybody shows you can't just show up for the fun stuff and not the rest of stuff and expect to crawl into burning buildings. You know, that's always been a challenge for the guy that, well, he doesn't show up for air pack night, but he shows up for every fire. Well, no, that, that's not going to work. We need to take care of these things. You know, having awards programs and recognizing your volunteers. Um, like I said, Ryan here at Wichita West, uh, in Wichita West, you know, volunteer fire department, Texas, he does a great job with his people. Um, you we know, do the, the firefighter of the year at the company party. We the top EMS responder, the top fire responder. Everybody gets a little plaque or a little award, a little baseball hat or a jacket or something. All those little things all add up. In some places, the combination departments, John, 
nowadays, I mean, you, like you said, there's some places they have to have guys on during the day. Sometimes they, they have to have enough to pull off one shift. Just to, they have to have enough guys to get one engine out the door, but yet they still need their paid on calls. You know, they're volunteer. They still need the guys and gals that have other careers. You know, I know that causes some friction in some departments sometimes, but, you know, I guess you got to be creative nowadays in how you take care of the community. And, and that's who we're there for first is for the community. I'm not saying anything negative about career versus volunteer, volunteer versus career. Uh, you know, I, I think you're, you're going to always have that, 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 that balance, if you will, to be able to meet your community's needs. You know, there are some departments that were volunteer. Hell, New York city was a volunteer department way back when, before they went career, everybody's been there at one point or another. Some places will never have career firefighters because they don't have the finances and the funding within the community. Or anything, yeah. So let's be creative. Let's be creative. Guys, there's, there's organizations out like the National Volunteer Fire Council, you know, .org, okay, nvfc.org, another great resource. You've got people, we already mentioned them, Tom Merrill, who does the Count the Professional Volunteer Fire Department. Tom, if you just go to, to if you just Google Tom Merrill, M-E-R-R-I-L-L, the professional volunteer fire department, right? He's another great resource, John. If you're looking for policies, He's got a gigantic number of programs with lots of great ideas to to enhance your, the the the. Oh, just go, yeah, just go to the National Volunteer Fire Council.org website. The grants that are available, the the money that's available to help you recruit people, is phenomenal. I, real quick before we close things out here, remember I told you about the one trailer. I, I'm in the firehouse and I'm looking. I'm going, is that like for PubMed? They go, no, that's our volunteer recruitment trailer. I said, what? And you walked over to it, John. It was all wrapped with the skins, with fire scenes and logos. And it was it, it was a trailer, a pub ed trailer, which you open up the door and they had two TVs, flat screens. They would play these films they did of fires and training and topics. And they set out props and gear and they had brochures. And they would go to every Friday night football game. They would go to every festival they could, every carnival they could, pull up, set that thing up there and just hand out brochures. And, you know, and just, yeah, I think the days of waiting for people to knock on the door and say, I want to volunteer are gone. You know, you've got to be creative. So great resources out there. NVFC for national volunteer fire council, NVFC.org. Check out Tom Merrill uh, and and what he's doing with the professional volunteer fire department, you know, give chief Salka a a shout, you know, Uh, Ryan Fetzer with the Wichita West volunteer fire department right here in Texas. Another great resource. Um, You know, it's not, the, I, I, some people say the days of volunteering are numbers. I disagree. I disagree. I think volunteer firefighting is changing. That's all. It's, it's right. It has always evolved. It has always changed. Yeah. Um, and, and we've got to be, we've got to be great leaders um, when it comes to coming up with the solutions to, 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 to balancing all the different costs and everything else. Um, lastly, John, SOPs, SOGs. Um, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to throw the national volunteer fire council.org out there again. Um, you know, seek out Tom Merrill with the Professional Volunteer Fire Department. A lot of great resources for departments. So, you know, you don't have to write and create anything. A lot of stuff is already out there if you're looking for policies and procedures on what to do. Um, again, you know, nvfc.org or Tom Merrill uh, with the Professional Volunteer Fire Department. Great resources for volunteer fire departments. It takes someone special. But what a great way, man. I'm telling you, the feeling you're going to get volunteering, you guys that are already doing it know it. Uh, yep. we, you know, uh, great, great resource. Thank you to all the volunteers that are out there doing what they do. We love you. Uh, again, the SOPs are out there for you. We gave you a couple great resources. Uh, 
George, uh, George Vaughter, thanks for, for a couple ideas uh, for this, buddy. We appreciate you. And anybody uh, else who's listening, obviously, if, you get, if you're listening and saying, man, I wish they'd talk about this, you know, contact us. We're going to give you our contact information right now. Contact Rick or I, and, and we'd be happy to jump in there and, 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 and talk about the topics that you folks are interested in as oh, well. We could do a whole show just on drill topics for volunteer firefighters, John. You know what I'm saying? There's so much to cover. Uh, it, and we try to keep these shows reasonable so we're not taking up too much of your time so you can dial in and, and, and listen to them. But, John, if they want to get a hold of you, again, especially on this topic, you know, you serving as volunteer chief again, what's the email address for you? Chief John Salta at gmail.com. And I'm Chief Lasky at gmail.com. So, hey, catch uh, catch our old school podcast here. Uh, uh, we try to get them out every uh, nine, 10 days for you with some different topics. Uh, we have some great ones coming up. We have pages of things that we want to go through. Uh, it's just us being able to sit down and chat with you. A lot of this is generated from conversations we have when we're traveling, we're teaching, and visiting with people. So, that being said, we always ask you to to keep the men and women armed forces, your thoughts and prayers. Uh, keep everybody uh, right now with what's going on in our country and your thoughts and prayers. Uh, you know, the fire service. I'm being very partial here, but uh, we're, we're 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 there 24 seven, just like our law enforcement. Uh, our doctors and nurses right now are doing incredible things. Uh, we tend to overlook that sometimes. Uh, uh, what they're going through is absolutely incredible. So say a little prayer for everybody. We appreciate you tuning in. Uh, we'll catch you next time. Be safe. God bless you.